Hello, my lovelies. This is Mix Bell Morgan, your host, and I'm bringing you another bonus episode of the podcast before we launch into my next deep dive series, which I can tell you now will be for the Final Destination franchise. But before that series launches, this is a bonus episode bit of a throwback as it's actually the first time I had the fabulous Hannah Ogilvy onto the podcast where we sat down to discuss fat phobia and just fat representation in horror. It was a fantastic conversation. I will again apologize for getting Hannah's surname wrong the first time I had her on so there is a bit of a section that I'm just going to leave in because it was handled gracefully by Hannah. So thanks again, Hannah, for being your fabulous self. And I hope you enjoy listening to this wonderful discussion. One. Hello, and welcome back to Fishnets and Philosophy. This is your host, Mix Bell Morrigan. And this week is another bonus episode where we'll be jumping into discussing the wonderful theme of fat phobia in horror and also just media in general and today i am joined by hannah ogilive and i'm just wondering if you could kind of maybe introduce yourself kind of say how you found yourself in the horror community and why horror means so much to you yeah totally um so thanks so much for having me on the show um so uh you did mispronounce my name, but it's totally fine. It's Hannah oh, Ogilvy. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's a Scottish name. People always look at go like, how do I say that? So it's Ogilvy. Um, and um, yeah, how did I get into horror? I mean, I think like most young kids, uh, we're always searching for something to be a bit grossed out, a bit scared by. And I, I just found myself in horror from a very young age. My parents were so not strict with the whole age restriction certificate thing. So I remember from the age of eight, like watching Starship Troopers, which I, it's not really a horror film, but it's gory. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, and I like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that started that off. Um, and then I think I've grown up believing I'm not a very creative person just because I couldn't do the, you know, the usual can't draw, can't sing, can't mm-hmm. really dance. And that's what we deem as creative. And, um, but I, one of my traits is a very opinionated person. And I would find myself wanting to express that in some way. And I started exploring writing. And um, I was actually listening uh, to Evolution of Horror podcast, which had um, uh, Zoe Rose Smith on there. Mm-hmm. And she was advertising, she was starting a new um magazine uh ghouls magazine focusing on horror through the feminine and and non-binary lens um and i was like that is where i meant to be that's Mm -hmm. that sounds like (laughs) right up my street um so i pitched an article and it's and that's what i guess well they just celebrated their first year and first year birthday so yeah maybe just about a year i've been writing for ghouls magazine um and i tend to focus on um kind of definitely more feminist um mm-hmm. themes um but yeah uh, uh, but fat representation i i identify myself as a fat person um, and i'm always looking for my body to be represented in media mm-hmm. and tie that in with horror being probably my favorite well it is my favorite film genre um but like you say like fi- uh, fat representation in media as a whole is so lacking but I do find it interesting when we when films um when producers when directors when writers are employing fat bodies what are they trying to tell the audience and that's what I find so fascinating about the subject because it is not positive Mm -hmm. Uh, you know we we were laughing before we started recording but we haven't got much representation so we're clutching at straws and those straws are bad and I, I, I'd love to do a lot more of a deep dive into where this actually comes from. I'm sure it's historical. I'm sure there's loads of like uh, potentially re- religious reasons mm-hmm. for why if we look at the deadly sins. Um, but I, I just find it fascinating that, um, <laughs> I mean, if you're a victim and you're fat, 
you deserve it and mm-hmm. if you're fat and a villain well uh you're letting yourself go uh no wonder you're jealous no wonder you're you know uh going after something that you don't have because you're fat and fat is seen as a gauge for morality in mm-hmm. horror and um I don't we just don't talk about it enough we really don't and as you know as I say I'm a fat person but I have my own internalized fat phobia which is absolutely been born from the media and how the media has told us how we should see and view and believe that people are because mm-hmm. of stereotypes um and we have to make the conscious decision to 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 remember it is media it's not reality and then filmmakers and people who casting directors and all that have to make the conscious decision of like why are they employing a fat person or what they get into because i know we spoke about it over twitter but when they put thin actors into fat suits mm-hmm. what are they saying by that and i just find all that fascinating exactly like that's and that's why i'm delighted that you decided to come on to discuss this with me because it is like it is one of those topics that isn't talked about enough because like mm-hmm. i suppose horror as a genre being so expansive it touches so many different fields so many different areas and when it comes to areas that don't have much representation those areas don't get discussed enough and unfortunately yeah fatness has very little representation and whatever representation there is is not positive mm-hmm. and just like you were saying there um i think the fact that in like almost a horror adjacent genre but particularly within say the sci-fi genre like fatness is always used to portray villainy in those yeah. type that specific genre if we take star wars it's jabba the hut the grotesque fat kind of you know slug like creature or even uh-huh. in 2022 in the new dune movie we've got mm-hmm. skeleton skarsgård as like harkonnen as the again yeah. the villain big and i think again probably in some form of a cgi fat suit type and scenario and again it just sends that message that fatness equals villainy equals a moral mm-hmm. failing and yes yeah. like part of me kind of like and it's it's like that's one of those I guess nuanced philosophical questions like how much of it is you know it's like almost like a chicken and an egg situation like how much of it is like you know these kind of filmmakers and film directors kind of like deliberately sending a message that this is what they think or because this is what's always existed they're just building into that trope and I'm just wondering like kind of what you think about it like do you think it's kind of like almost like a dragon eating its own tail, a self-fulfilling cycle of fat phobia. Yeah. It's like, we can't escape it because that's all we have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, probably be a bit of both, right? Like, mm. you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, like, it's, we all have internalised fat phobia because we are told from a very young age that being fat is one of the worst things you could possibly do to your body. And so I think the media takes that um belief and, and they represent it um but it, it does it you know I, I i can't i can't imagine the hollywood boardroom you know for june for example when they went right well he's got to be fat right you know that, that that was written however many years ago and they're just replicating the media. They didn't challenge it. They go, well, that, that, mm-hmm. that helps because, like you say, they want to show those non-verbal cues. And those non-verbal cues are already in society. So they're just banking on what the stereotype already is. They don't have to waste precious mm-hmm. script pages or precious screen minutes by saying, oh, um, and, and this villain, he's obviously greedy and lazy and everything is done for him. You know, we see that visually in June because he's got, you know, he literally can't move himself. He has to be levitated up by mm-hmm. some sci-fi wizardry. <laughs> and he eats loads of food. Like, you know, it's, uh, but they don't have to say anything. So I yep. get it from that pers- from that perspective. It's like um, when they, uh, when there's like a, a spawn of Satan storyline, well, they'll give him red hair. You know, it's that mm-hmm. instant non-verbal <laughs> cue of like, hey, that, that that's your link. And... Uh, and I get it from that it, it comes quite innocent that feels quite innocent like oh they're just trying 
to you know tell us things without having to spoon feed us because it's based on stereotypes that have existed for a millennia mm-hmm. but the same uh, we, as we're becoming so much more conscious as well I like to think we're becoming more conscious as a society into the fact that we are all not like cookie cut our you know people we all are so multifaceted nuanced human beings and you know we're not like the dashing action hero leading man and mm-hmm. we're not the damsel in distress we want to see all those different tastes and varieties of people represented and I think now well hopefully I guess I'm, I'm very hopeful in this, that we are starting to challenge that representation and start to challenge it well actually is that healthy it served us for a time but is it a mm-hmm. time now to let go of it and and you know start showing uh people in larger bodies or uh, fat bodies whatever you want to call it any more positive light I absolutely think we're due we're due that now we're due to change and move into much more positive representation but it's going to take um the the people working in the media it's going to t- you know take people like me you know me and you who've got like you know outlets very small platforms but the platforms nonetheless to bring light mm-hmm. to this um, and have the open and frank conversation. And I also think one of the reasons why we haven't spoken about it is the word fat has been demonized for so long. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but like I, you know, I've always had issues with, with weight and my relationship with food. And it's only very recently have I realized that the word fat isn't inherently bad. Mm-hmm. That, that is a descriptive word. I have more fat on my body Therefore, I am fat. That's cool. I'm cool with that. I'm fine with that description. That 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 description. Where I have an issue with it is where people go, "Oh, well, because you're fat, they start taking that into a derogatory way, yeah. make these assumptions about you as a person, as a character, and that is perpetuated by the media we're watching." Exactly, one hundred percent. And it's actually it's interesting. One of the words that you kind of use there, like talking about the representation that we're getting, that the representation we're getting isn't healthy. And I really like that you kind of like use that word because that is like part of the big problem of general societal fat phobia is this belief that weight equals health, which is oh, just absolutely. complete. Yeah, which is just a complete false equivalency. Like it doesn't exist. Like as in, if you tell me how much you weigh that does not tell me anything about your health status. Like weight does not correlate to health. And I think so many people have mm-hmm. that false belief that they're equal. So that's why when you see someone that's bigger, that weighs more, that is fat, you think, oh, they're unhealthy, which is just false. You can have someone who is, you know, scarily thin, who can be like more unhealthy than a fat person. Like health mm-hmm. and weight are not the same. And I'm just like shouting mm-hmm. that to the rooftop for anyone no, listening. They are not I'm the same. <laughs> I am I fully <laughs> echo that. Like anyone who can hear me, my window is open right now. If anyone can hear us, <laughs> like it's not the same. And again, like then people apply morality mm-hmm. to your health. Yeah. So like you know, if you are a healthy person, you are deemed good. And if you're an unhealthy person, you're deemed bad. And the quickest way we have decided that how to determine someone is healthy or unhealthy is by how much they weigh, what that scale says. And that's it. That is it. And it's just so dangerous because, I mean, just to go a little bit personal for a second, like, I mean, I've got my own issues with like eating disorders and whatnot, which I'm working through, um, which is amazing. Um, oh, I've just lost my train of thought because I went on to myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I knew I knew it was going to be really good as well. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Oh, yeah, that's it. But then but when I was at um, my healthiest, in inverted mm-hmm. commas, when I was at my lightest weight, I had the worst medical issues of my life. Um, and, uh, and, you know, because I, I was crash dieting, yo-yo dieting, all that. Mm-hmm. But when you looked at me, I looked healthy. I looked because that's what we as a society deem as healthy. Now I've gained the weight back and then some I'm deemed or viewed as unhealthy. But I'm actually the most active I've ever been. So mm-hmm. it's just, but, but, but no one wants to hear that bit. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just... We all have a personal responsibility, you know, to challenge those biases. And I, you know, ultimately, media, horror, 
wider have a responsibility to also challenge those stereotypes as well um exactly. which we're going to get into which we're, you know we're going to we're going to go into yeah. like you know um all those like uh examples throughout decades worth of media oh. that we need to start exactly and I think it's like what you said there is really important it's like you know we all have to kind of like personally challenge those kind of biases either like the ones that like the un you know the social conditioning that we just have to unpack and get rid of and I love uh actually uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of her but Emily Nagoski she wrote the book Calm As You Are this is again a book that I would recommend every single human reads it's basically a book about um like female pleasure like I am using quotation marks female because it's about vulva owners so biological you know Mm -hmm. biological vulva vulva owners that's who it's geared towards so I say in quotation marks female pleasure but we don't believe in that binary bullshit but um, exactly but it's a book that everyone can read I'm reading it and I think cried about 10 times but Emily Nagoski used this uses this really great metaphor about essentially how our brains our bodies who we are is almost like a garden and basically society puts these weeds in our garden as we're growing up and it's our job to figure out which weeds we need to get rid of so we have to just work at tending our gardens to kind of get better at being who we are and reach our authentic selves and I kind of feel like what you're saying there about challenging those internal biases how much of it is what society has told us, what media has told us. And I think that's something that we need to do. And a part of that is critically engaging with the media we're watching, with the movies we're watching, as in, yes, it's brilliant to be able to just kind of switch your brain off and just let a movie wash over you and then just enjoy it for what it is. Because that's what, you know, that's what we're there for. We're there to be entertained. We're there to watch these films. But if we're not like going back and re-watching it and mm. then with like that critical lens on it not to kind of because like I don't believe in you know like that kind of you know cinema sins bullshitty oh, shitting yeah. on a film just for the sake yeah. of shitting on a film but like unpacking what might be something that's slightly problematic with a film and I think that's why like leaning into some of the films that we're going to discuss one of the per- first ones which I think is a very good prominent example for fat phobia is silence of the lambs mm-hmm. and i think it's one of those films that's like hailed uh, you know an oscar classic like transcended mm-hmm. horror and all these different <laughs> accolades you know it was a psychological thriller it wasn't horror yes. that's why it got an oscar <laughs> no 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 this is not horror despite it being the most horrific thing ever but um like it's one of those films that I think going back and looking at it now is important to critically engage with it. And mm-hmm. re-watching it myself, I thought it was very interesting the way they showed Bill, Buffalo Bill, dealing with Catherine, who mm-hmm. was his main kind of victim for the most of the film. And the one scene that kind of stood out to me, and again, it's one of those really small scenes that you probably wouldn't notice on your first watching, but it's again, going back and looking at it, you realize, oh, this is actually saying something, but it's where it highlights him like cutting open her dress when she's unconscious and it shows the tag, the size of her dress, like her dress size, and then him getting excited about her skin. But I'm just wondering what you kind of think about that specific scene. Like, do you think that was like it was obviously a field of obviously deliberately put in but do you think it was kind of like put in to kind of make a comment on her body being a fat body or more just why buffalo bill was targeting her? yeah no definitely um i watched it not long ago myself um again i think it's one of those classics that when you know we talk about oscar winners and i am a big oscar person so I remember watching I was very young and not really mm-hmm. understanding everything all the connotations of it watching when I'm old I'm like oh I, I get I get this now um but I watched it not long ago and yes so she um the victim what's the victim's name again sorry Catherine is the character's Catherine, name Catherine I was gonna say Charlotte so it's not <laughs> um so Catherine um the, that that first shot where we see her she's in the car and uh, 
you know, they've purposely made sure that her double chin is in shot. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he, he you know, stalks her, grabs her. You see, I, I believe she's wearing a US size 14, which is a size 18 in the UK. Mm-hmm. And this is the 90s, right? <laughs> so <laughs> we're talking like that is, whoa, like who could be like, you know, who wants to be a size 18 in the 90s? And uh, <laughs> um, for me, they use Catherine's body as, you know, if she if she hadn't had the audacity to be fat, well, then she wouldn't have been a victim. That mm-hmm. is what that tells me. You know, she you know, she's fourteen, like, oh, see, she's one she's one of the bigger girls here, and Buffalo Bill targeting her because he has this warped idea of how the human body works, which is, well, if I get a bigger victim, I will mm-hmm. then starve her, so she rapidly loses weight, so her skin becomes more easily like bulky so he can like do what he wants with it <laughs> which is just like so many like diet culture like <laughs> ideas of how bodies work um and um yeah but that's why she's targeted because she ha- you know she's out alone being fat how dare she mm-hmm. and uh, and the film it's interesting because i think i think that's the trend for all of his victims isn't it all of it, he's gone for like bigger women yeah um I, i'm very much using commas listeners mm-hmm. because <laughs> she's not a big woman at all even no even when you see her in in the well i'm being struck with this idea like she isn't a big person yeah and again i you know as you were saying we have to reflect you know critically look at this media this is you know 30 years ago mm-hmm. and body body expectations body sizes have changed in the 30 years as they should do um so yeah i think a u.s size 14 was considered probably on the other larger side. side yeah whereas now you know i think i do i think i think more recently i read that a uk size 18 is the average for mm-hmm. for um for a female body at the moment in the uk so yeah she 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 is targeted because she is fat the the the, the filmmakers want you to very much know that she is deemed fat in the context of the film mm-hmm. and i think most people who might read that you know i i definitely read that again it probably internalized uh, fat phobia going well that's her fault because she shouldn't have been that big mm-hmm. um which is it's just you know saying that out loud and it's just so sad you know that we uh, that we attach this morality to to something as simple as weight i know and she's deemed she's deemed almost responsible to a certain extent uh, you know to draw a parallel potentially a very crude parallel but it's like when we blame women for wearing a short skirt when they go out and mm-hmm. get harassed it's very much this victim blaming attitude and like I say I definitely ca- have to catch myself you know there's that saying where you, um the first thought is your instinct but it's your second thought is what counts so I often mm-hmm. have to go like my first thought is like oh you know like you know if she hadn't have been this, then, you know, if she hadn't yeah. been fat, then she would have been targeted. And I go, oh, hold on. That is not my, that's just my instinct to say, because I've been told to think that. How do mm-hmm. I actually think? And when you critically analyze those scenes, and again, like, you know, um, Buffalo Bill trying to get her to lotion up her skin to make it supple for him. It's, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just, it's just this, <laughs> it's just these, like, uh, gratuitous shots of her body of her roles you mm-hmm. know she's she's towering in the well like to really like bring home oh she's a bigger person it, especially if you compare her to um clarice you know jane yes. foster is so slender in that film so we have these like the two female characters of like no or two main female characters of this film they are they have got massively different body types so one is deemed like we say healthy earlier mm-hmm. and this one would be deemed as unhealthy and the unhealthy one is the one that's being punished exactly and also as well when you think about the literal opening shot scene of silence of the lambs is clarice going on a run through the, the <gasps> fbi course it is. you know yes like, great you, point like it's just sending that message and there was something as well that like um, as i was watching it uh, i was kind of thinking and i think this is like something again it's like a wider societal issue and it's also again 
what fat representation we get in media is a very specific type of fat representation. But I also think with Silence of the Lambs, Bill is targeting Catherine and his specific victims to build his transphobic skin suit. <laughs> um, because, of, <laughs> because of the fact that he doesn't, he only views his victims as practical. There's no mm. desire. So it's sending that message that fat bodies aren't desirable and really aren't point. like aren't desirable in any way. And when you think about as a wider thing, the type of fat representation we get in media, most fat bodies we get, the like like look at Melissa McCarthy or actresses like those, like Rebel Wilson, who's now has actually lost a bunch of weight. But um, all these actresses, the only roles they are given are comedic roles because that's all that mm-hmm. fat fat women can be is funny yeah yeah they can't be sexy and desirable and Absolutely. i don't know i kind of feel like that's something that silence of the lambs is possibly commenting on as well as that the fat body isn't a desirable body and i want to know what if you Ooh. think that's something i am actually picking up on or am i just reading too much <laughs> with my critical no. brain <laughs> no, no, no 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 i love it i love it i just love i just love the chat because you know it's it's all different perspectives this is why you know we need people talking about this from all walks of life because you're all going to bring your different perspectives this is why i have an issue with the you know the massive um majority of uh, white male critics that we have mm-hmm. they just they, you know they don't they're not bringing other uh, perspectives or other walks of life in to like critically analyze this stuff so i i i hadn't personally thought of it that way um, with science and lands, but absolutely, you're right. In the media, uh, fat fat bodies are definitely not seen as desirable, or even if, um, or if they are, it's a joke, right? Mm. Um, so this is really left foot. <laughs> I don't think anyone <laughs> has made the segue before, but going from science and lands of all films, um, to I think it's Road Trip, and um, the reason why I bring this up is because there is like a skinny guy in that friendship group, and mm. he. Uh, you know has a relationship has like has a fling with this larger black woman Mm. and it's a butt of the joke that he could how could he ever be attracted to someone like that and you know you could get into the absolutely like the race of you know the racism of it all but like you know uh i guess like black features not being deemed as desirable but then adding on fatness Mm -hmm. um (laughs) it's just a lot to unpack there um but yeah like uh, uh, a leading sorry go back to Melissa McCarthy as well in Bridesmaids like her being hypersexual is a joke it's mm-hmm. a fucking joke um I re-watched Ma going back to horror for this for this podcast because mm-hmm. um again going back to we don't have much of a well to go to go yes. to for example <laughs> it's a very shallow well <laughs> Is not like Buffalo Bill's well, which is quite no. Deep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so stupid. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, Matt, yeah, because of Octavia Spencer, an incredible actress, you know, Oscar-winning actress. If you see her in the film, you know it's going to be good. She's like a, yeah. a sign of of um, this is a decent, <laughs> decent film to watch. And Ma is first. Have you seen Ma? Yes, I, I haven't seen it for a few months. I didn't get a chance because I, I watched it on Netflix, but it's gone off Netflix. It has, so, I had so, to pay for it. Oh, right, yeah, that was my problem. I, I decided not to. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. I, you're fine about it because I was like, I had to buy it. And I was like, I don't need to buy oh. it, but I, here I am. Oh. <laughs> Your dedication to come onto the podcast. <laughs> I was, I'm getting my research done. Uh, so yeah, I was like, that's a really good example of a modern day horror film which has a, um, a, a villain who is a fat woman as well, a fat mm-hmm. black woman. And I, I, you know, it's funny because I don't, I, again, for slightly different, we view fatness is indifferent from how your average person, but I don't really think of Octavia Spencer as a fat person. I just think mm. of her as a, a talented actress. This is how we should be people. Um, but anyway, 
I wanted to know how the film was using body to like convey those messages and Mm. that undesirability is a hundred percent part of it no one said anything no one has ever like uh like so Octavia Spencer's goes um her name is Sue Ann or Ma which is what the kids call her Mm -hmm. and um yeah uh, her her revenge is because um the kids she went to school with her are now growing up and being the parents of these kids she's now preying on they um set her up to basically be sexually assaulted it's not not mm. like there's bullying no. and then there's that and <laughs> um, uh, but she she still is lusting after one of the fathers and it's implied that you know he would he's quite an attractive man he's played by luke evans who is an attractive man um it's implied that he would never ever find her attractive mm. so like he asks her to a, for a drink and it's all the ruse to like confront her about why she's been preying on his son and so nothing's ever said but as an audience you get the subtext you know like oh yes. he would never find octavia spencer's body desirable and then that goes into a bit further where you know when she's trying to be with the with the kids she's dressing in what what we are meant to deem as unflattering clothing and again that, mm. word, that word unflattering is a very triggering word if you if you're someone who grew up um with oh, with, yeah. with, with with fat around their bodies you know you're always meant to be dressing to look smaller than what you actually are and i think ma um or suana well, she's got three names now um, <laughs> <laughs> she um yeah she is dressing like unflatteringly so we do see um the size of her body Mm-hmm. Um, and but, but what I did find interesting is no, none of the characters ever say anything, ever say, um, oh, Ma's fat or, you know, what's she wearing? But Ma herself refers to her fatness. So she, there's a scene mm. where she's got a wedding ring on and when the character says, oh, Ma, you're married? And she says, oh, no, he left years ago, but my finger's too fat to get the ring off. Mm-hmm. And then the other time is when she's, you know, enacts her final plan, which is like to basically torture and kill all these kids. Um, <laughs> there's a, I don't know, um, one of the, one of the boys is on the ground and she lifts up her sh- his shirt, and she's got a hot iron, and she says something like, "Oh, what it must be like." It's, it's like, "Oh, you've got such a nice stomach. It must be nice." Mm. And those are the only two times she that's it, like overtly mentioned. But you're going to cast Octavia Spencer for a reason, mm-hmm. and a lot is said through the subtext. You know, she's seen as undesirable. She's um, really not cool. She's obsessed yeah. with being online and um, like on Instagram and Facebook and whatnot. And again kind of um, harking back to those stereotypes we have of like computer geeks or, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think like the South um, the South Park meme of like the fat guy on like the computer yes. just, like, lives his life through the computer. It's very that. So like these are stereotypes we all know, like the fact that mm-hmm. I could pull those examples just from the top of my head. And that's what um, the filmmakers banking on us already knowing. So we already yeah. know that fat people are desirable. We already know that they're not cool. We already know that they're, you know, that they're obsessed with their online life. So I don't need to tell you any of that because all I need to show you is this fat body and you get it. Yeah. Oh, and just when you say, when you say that, it kind of like just makes like, it's like, it almost makes you annoyed with the film. Like in the sense that it's like from like a, a filmmaker perspective it's almost really clever and really well done in the sense that they know that they don't have to say anything because yeah. of how fat phobic society is that people yeah. will just get it and it's really annoying because it's both like there's part of me that's like oh that's so clever but then i'm like no it's annoying oh, yeah. that it's clever it's like really yes. annoying that it's clever <laughs> it's pissing me <laughs> off like, it's just like god damn it um, no, it's yes. just it, i mean you can't you can't oh it's one of those things where like oh they're not they didn't start it but they're but they're benefiting they're building into it. Off it yeah and it's just i'm with you like it's so like yeah of course you should make shortcuts and yeah we don't want everything spoon fed up to us you should have like subtext and non-verbal cues absolutely but when it is damaging <laughs> yeah we have to we have to wonder like you know how much benefit are you actually getting when it has real life consequences like that 
exactly like and like i kind of think as well like well, that's what you say when it's like you know when it's damaging i kind of think a better filmmaker is one that can send those same messages without relying on those pre-existing you know social stereotypes like if a filmmaker can like send a certain message that could be sent by relying on a stereotype without using the stereotype then that's a better filmmaker than the one that just relies mm. on an existing stereotype so it's yeah. like and also as well it's going to be really interesting now well hopefully but as we you know kind of particularly within the horror genre as we get more horror films being made by women and also mm. by people of color um like the different types of perspectives and the different types of films that we will get and hopefully we'll get even more like actually you know fat directors as well like so that we'll actually get different perspectives different writers so that's you know we have to kind of be hopeful and like you know challenge the existing norms and like there was so many even this in the email that you sent me to to kind of discuss the episode there were so many Mm. different like kind of touching points that like you know we could touch on and um another one like and again touching back to my last um podcast series but you even mentioned uh like you know the saw films as well like because that and it's in more than one film it comments Mm. on fatness like in particularly in saw chapter four it has Mm -hmm. the one scene where it's Riggs is going through his test Mm -hmm. and it's basically the incredibly large fat man who is basically like chained to the bed and basically realized that he's essentially been a sex abuser and Mm -hmm. essentially the like this like jigsaw specifically comments on how this man has used his weight to sexually abuse people by like he's so heavy that they can't escape from him Mm -hmm. and basically this character has to like you know can control it by essentially um gouging out his own eyes if he fails to do that, he'll get ripped limb from limb. Um, or Riggs has the control. I can't exactly remember the minute details, yes. but it's sending that message that, again, fatness, moral failing, <laughs> villainy. Yeah. And I'm just like, you could have, like, that message of a sexual abuser being punished, that's a good message. You could have mm-hmm. sent you could have said that message with a normal sized person you didn't have mm-hmm. to go into specifically using a really large fat man for that because again that's falling into those social cues that we have that fat people are disgusting and all yeah. these different negative mm-hmm. connotations we have and then there's the other saw chapter which i believe it's it's either six or seven and um, but again it's the essentially they have to this weighing scales they kind of have to like essentially chop off bits of their body and whoever like chops off the most leaves the trap Mm -hmm. and again there's this one large fat man who is like literally because he's fatter he has more fat more body mass to be able to kind of hack off now Mm -hmm. again (laughs) and this is just on like the person as an individual not the smartest person, nothing to do with the fatness, just not the smartest person because he starts cutting off his belly, which again is probably mm-hmm. the filmmaker saying he's got a fat belly. I'm just like, you could have chopped anywhere else off and you probably would have survived when he goes for his belly. <laughs> it's just, yeah. oh. <laughs> So I I have a real um, issue with, with that particular trap, the, the mm-hmm. pound of flesh trap. Yes. Because, um, oh, so the, so when it happens, uh, you know, I think they're like loan sharks or basically loan sharks. I think that's how Jigsaw, that's why they're being punished. And uh, they don't like each other. They bl- they're they blaming each other for being in this trap. Mm-hmm. And he says something like, well, I'm not going to die for you and takes a knife to his stomach. And the woman is a very slim woman. Yeah. And she lifts up her top and the camera's like, you know, like, ogling her body and she's like say she's very toned there is not as you know a little bit of fat and it's like like the camera is telling the audience oh so she she's looked after her body she can't she can't compete Mm -hmm. with him on this but he you know he has all this fat to play with 
So he, yeah. he starts going at it. She can beat him. I say that like I know is by hacking her own arm off, maiming herself, permanently disabling herself to survive. Mm-hmm. Which is like you know, Jigsaw loves that. You love you leak that up. He wants you to like you know make your life completely changed so you have yeah. learned your lesson. Um, and. I, I don't, again, I don't, it's my turn to re- maybe read into this a bit too deeply, but I, <laughs> I read that as if to say, like, this man only has to cut off some flesh. He'll survive it. Nothing of his life will change. He'll get a few stitches and he'll move on because, you know, he has so much, like, weight to give here where she has to, like, permanently disable herself. And I found that, like, an interesting, like, you know, she, she obviously is, she's doing more in the sense mm-hmm. of like more to make herself survive rather than him who's just taking off um disposable fat you know it's like oh we can easily get rid of that because you should have got rid of that because you'd have lost weight mm. um and i also think the other connotation that I, i'm not sure um what what like kind of body size the writer is but again growing up as um a bigger person especially when I was a teenager, um, I would sometimes think, oh, you know what? I could just cut my stomach off, you know? And I know that's really mm. dark, but I, I genuinely thought, you know, I'd gra- um, grab at my, at my belly and be like, oh, I could just like, you know, cut it off. And there is a song, and I don't remember the artist's name, but it went for a long, well, it's on my TikTok and my algorithms. So I'm not sure about everyone else's. <laughs> <laughs> But um, she has a line and it's called um, The Fat Funny Friend. And Mm -hmm. the line is, um, I've drawn out in Sharpie where I'd take the scissors. Um, Mm. And for me, that really resonates because that's how I felt when I was growing up and I was still getting used to like, you know, my own own body size. And so then I watched Saw 6 and I see this man literally hacking off his his big belly. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, is that? Is that purposeful? Is that is that meant to be a read on how some fat people feel? And but I don't know if it is. Mm. And and I just find that really interesting. I'd love to know like where that what is the actual intention behind that scene? What are we meant to take? Because I think if you're a thin person versus a fat person, you're gonna take different things from that scene. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. And it's actually it's interesting kind of like just like re-examining that specific scene, like um in the context of kind of how we've been talking like and you know as i mentioned earlier the whole like you know as a society we need to kind of take the stance of weight and health are two separate things they're not related and it actually reminds me like this specific saw scene oddly enough reminds me of again in emily negosi's come as you are book mm, when yeah. she when she's talking about like because she talks about one of the main reasons that so many women and vulva owners find it so hard to obtain pleasure is because of the fact that they are so weighed down with negativity towards their bodies and their Mm. weight because Mm -hmm. of social messaging and she actually has this one very like brief example like to kind of dispel the myth of weight and health and she goes wait you know to use an extreme example if you were to chop off your arm you would lose weight you would have less weight than you would before. Um, but that's in a really extreme example. And now I'm kind of thinking, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> that saw scene, is it actually yeah. not fat phobic? And it's actually saying a message of the fact that, you know what, if you like, you know, weight and health doesn't actually equal anything because you survive, like she lost weight by cutting her arm off and now I'm overthinking it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I, I'm fully with you. I'm like, that's, so like like whoever the writer is like can we please speak to you about a film that must be like you're 14 years old <laughs> exactly what was your specific <laughs> intention with this very specific scene <laughs> i'll have to find, track them a down th- a three minute long scene of the opening of one of the last or so films i need the specific breakdown <laughs> oh, like, show but... me your notes <laughs> oh but no like they're and I think um, 
that's the thing though is there's so many different ways to read these type of scenes and like and again I think it's kind of circling back to the fact that we have so little representation with fat (laughs) bodies that we have to almost go deeper into scenes that probably are not that deep <laughs> it's like we're digging oh my God, you're so right. we're digging for something for anything that we can oh. comment on because there's nothing else that we can comment on but it's um so true oh like um but one like we're coming up to about 50 minutes now so one of the other kind of films that i kind of and again it was one that like took me by surprise like I was just kind of thinking of different films like you know I've you know done Silence of the Lambs we're going to be kind of talking about Ma like what other films that are kind of like more current more present could you know fit under this theme and one of the ones that stood out to me just because it popped into my head was Get Out and mm-hmm. I rewatched that last night and again it's one of my favorite films it's just so yes. good it's just such a it's good so film good. it's oh it's amazing mm-hmm. um and i'm excited for jordan peele's next movie nope to see what that's Can't like wait. i'm so yeah. excited but essentially for those who haven't seen get out minor spoilers but essentially the premise is our main character chris is going to visit his he's a black man he's going to visit his white girlfriend's parents and horror ensues when he gets there <laughs> but to put it lightly but basically the main twist is you find out that his girlfriend and her family are these like whack job scientists mm. like who kind of have this process where essentially they transplant the consciousness of white people into black bodies and like mm-hmm. so just from like a talk commentary on race like it's so white supremacy rules all in the fact that mm-hmm. they don't even view black people as people they just view their bodies mm-hmm. to be used again yes. commentary on slavery and stuff like that yeah but yeah it stood out to me that all the black people that are taken over are very specific black bodies there's no mm-hmm. octavia spencer's here yeah like, you know yeah. it's all very thin and athletic black bodies that are being used and I think that again kind of sends another message of what type of bodies are considered acceptable and again desirable and it's unfortunately thin and athletic bodies and then we see the full culmination of it in that Jim Hudson who is the character that is a blind art director so there's also a little bit of ableism as well yes absolutely I was gonna say yeah essentially he's a larger man he's a fat body and he wants to discard his own body and have his consciousness planted into chris who's a thin black man and it's again it's like sending that message that this fat body that is also lacking vision is not Mm -hmm. a good body is not a desirable body and yeah i don't know i just like it just it stood it just and stood out to me so and strange that for a film that seems to be like it it is so much about race there is another element going on there which i just think is really interesting and i just want to know what you think like do you think that film falls under send talking and sending messages about fat bodies i think where you have a film that or films where they are not showing fat bodies, they are sending a message that they're not meant to be seen. Mm-hmm. So where, I mean, that's what lack of representation is. That's how people view it. Yeah. And so, and when you mentioned this, when we first started talking about Get Out, I, I know all these, again, I've seen that film countless times. It's phenomenal. And knowing Jordan Peele's, uh, way of writing way of directing everything is deliberate you know mm-hmm. everything I, I, I again I don't know him I don't I wish I did like, I can't imagine <laughs> I can't imagine he didn't that was um an accident mm-hmm. you know especially where um especially black women aren't yes. you know, known to be so curvaceous you know that's why a lot of 
young girls are getting the BBL surgery so they can have, you know, tiny waist mm-hmm. and a big bum as well. And that's like cultural appropriation from, you know, uh, black bodies. So where are you telling me that like uh, Rose couldn't have gone out there and got a, you know, a very curvaceous black woman to be a victim? Um, well, I don't believe that for a second. And then also um, the main guy, uh, I haven't watched it recently, so I've Chris's friend. Chris's um, friend. Uh, yeah. yeah, Roy, Rob, something. Uh, Roy, like yes, Roy, Roy yes. and like Lil, Lil T. Henry, I think is the actor's name. But yes, yes. again, so he, he's fat or a larger body, but yeah. he's he's he, not considered he's not a targeted. victim. Yeah, no, he's not targeted. And again, like Keith Stanfield is a very slender man. Uh, mm-hmm. Daddy Kaluuya is a very you know hench guy. You know, yeah, uh, quote unquote fit. Um, um, and they're they're the targets, um, and they and they make a point about how the the grandfather has been put into the body of the very fast running mm-hmm. black man because he had a thing about black people being faster than him. So it's all about you're right. Oh, but yeah. you the same thing that you know it, it's absolutely a race uh, commentary and a, a wonderful fantastic commentary about yeah racism in america slavery cultural appropriation you could go on and on but mm-hmm. he's, he is saying something about what we as a society what uh maybe even um western beauty standards versus the rest of the world yeah you know, what what do these old white people want well they want a thin body that will keep them going for the x amount of years it's going to be and Again, the ableist conversation is fascinating because, yeah, not only is uh, the guy who buys, I know the actor Stephen Root, but I can't remember what his name is, um, who who buys Chris. Mm -hmm. He is blind. He could have just been blind. But no, they've purposely hired a fatter body to play that. And we are, as an audience, I think as an audience, we're meant to be like, well, no wonder he wants that. Mm-hmm. No yeah. wonder he wants Chris with the amazing, he, he says, he makes a point about how, how he's got a great eye for photography. Well, no wonder he wants that because he wants to be able to see. But also, no wonder he wants to get rid of his fat body and have this really fit and quote-unquote healthy body to move into. Um, yeah, I think it's so subtle because I, yeah. t- I never picked up that reading before you mentioned it. But I think you're you're bang on the money. I think that's a fantastic, very subtle commentary on how we view fat bodies. Exactly. And, um, health, and, and athletic bodies. Yeah, 100%. Bodies. The two of them come together. And I think yeah. that um, kind of like the use of that word subtle, I think that is so important because, and again, kind of like, kind of like start winding us down because we're approaching the hour yeah. mark. But um, the use of the word subtle, because I think that really is so much of the messaging we get about fat bodies in media. Like some of these films we've discussed, like are very specific in that they have like fat bodies on screen for a certain portion of time and they're deliberately saying something. But a lot of the times it's really subtle messaging that we're getting. For example, one of the ones you brought to me was in Zombieland. There's that one cardio joke about you know you can outrun you know do cardio so you can outrun the fat zombies type thing and it's like and like also the one thing is why would there be fat like you know it's just like they're dead bodies like uh, i don't know but um it's just yeah like those little subtle things they're little quick things they're made meant to make us laugh but then you realize it kind of takes root in you and one of the other ones that stood out to me like that is again something that just takes root and you don't realize how kind of actually negative it is until you actually unpack it a long time later not particularly a horror film but in bruges Mm. fantastic film oh i know where you're going (laughs) yeah that one specific scene where colin farrell comes down from the tower of like the of this church tower or some cathedral yeah. and like there's this one again it's like sending that message that all you know, americans are fat and stupid like that stereotype mm-hmm. but it's this mm-hmm. really large Amer- fat 
like American man and like he like asked Colin Farrell's character a question about going up and he goes oh no you're not gonna get up there and he was like what do you mean he's like that's too many steps you're too fat and it's just and then he's like the chasing him in a circle and again it's yes such a quick little thing but it's so subtle how powerful those messages are majorly so I found when I started talking about this um with my you know more more slim friends it's Mm. something they never thought about before and Mm -hmm. when I mentioned examples and so the reason why uh you know, we came together, Belle, is because I mentioned how I wrote an article for Girls Magazine on fat representation and horror. And um, whenever I was bringing, that was, you know, as you do, like workshopping ideas with friends, and nine times out of 10, they'd be like, oh, like the cardio rule in Zombieland. They remember that sight gag. Mm, they remember yes. it. Again, the in Bruges is a fantastic example. They remember the sight gag because that's all fat bodies are, sight gags or jokes. Yeah. And that hurts because obviously we are, you know, human beings. We have exactly. loads of different characteristics and, you know, multifaceted. And going back to like, you know, uh, fitness and health, that's an equal skinny. Um, I said inside of my article for the Zombieland, what it's saying there is, well, as a fat person, you can't run that fast. Therefore, you will fall. You will die or get eaten by zombies. Mm-hmm. But fatness doesn't equal poor cardio health. And yes. fitness doesn't equal good cardio health just because you're thin doesn't mean you can run and just because you're exactly. fat doesn't mean you cannot run it's that's we've there are so many living examples of this and yet that thought still perpetuates and it is so damaging that it is just reduced to this gag to funny ah oh, look at that look at that fat person try to run away yeah and um i, I hopefully we are i'm just gonna say hopefully we're gonna move, move away from that but i think one of my last points I think I want to raise is um unfortunately I said we, we were very I think we've been very positive since this podcast and you know we are moving away from hopefully moving away from uh, from that representation of fat bodies as we become more and more aware of it mm-hmm. but there are so many examples coming up of very famous actors in fat suits mm-hmm. so so we, we talked about Stella Skarsgård in June Tom Hanks is in a fat suit for the new Elvis biopic. Um, mm. Sean Penn is in a fat suit for a new TV show. I think it's an Amazon Prime show around the Watergate scandal with Nixon. Yeah. And Re- um, Renee Zellweger is in a fat suit for a new TV show. I think all, no, maybe not Stellan, but definitely Tom, Tom Hanks, Sean Penn and Renee Zellweger are all Oscar winning actors they mm-hmm. have star power. People will be going to those films for their names. Yeah. But they're using fat, fat suits in place of actual working fat actors. I know. So they want, they want to employ everything we've discussed, all that subtlety, all those stereotypes, all that, that uh, non-verbal cues without paying someone who actually owns that body. Yeah, And I find it wild that we are in 2022 and four of, you know, four majorly recognisable names are more than happy to sit in the eight hours of prosthetics to Mm -hmm. to fulfil those roles. I just find it mad. And it's really upsetting because I really enjoyed June apart from that casting decision. I really want to see the Elvis biopic because... And my partner really loves Elvis, so that's a given. And I love Baz Luhrmann. Mm-hmm. And and I, I mean, the, uh, the Sean Penn show has um, Julia Roberts in it. And I don't want to see Julia Roberts. But then I'm like, like, I There's just me a sour taste media. in your mouth. Like, and it, yes, oh, yeah. that's what it is. Like, and it's just, it is, it is incredibly, like, frustrating. And like, I think it's one of those things where it's, it's it's almost like akin like as in we like you know if it was one of those actors or actresses was going to be appearing in a new film in blackface we would immediately call it out as problematic that that's not acceptable but in a like yeah it's just because again society doesn't view fat people as worthy 
people in and of themselves it's yeah. like you're failed people until you lose weight and it's just yeah. such frustrating yes. and annoying yes. annoying messaging and mm-hmm. yeah like we have most for the most part I think because we're both clued in we've kind of been mostly kind of positive about where we want things to go and we have we haven't you know focused on how all things are all doom and gloom and negative but unfortunately we're not where we want to be yet and no No. that's that's the frustrating part I I I totally agree again I don't know what what the decision making is to have you know four major media contributions uh, have fat suits in them this year for some strange reason it's obviously some some discussion has been made and in some ways oh, it's one of those stories where you're like oh it's really good that we are seeing a fat body on screen in a major role but it's not a real fat body yeah exactly <laughs> it's not real you know it's like it's it's like giving us a you know a scrap and expecting us to be happy that we've had a full meal it's like no I want to see real people real bodies not this um like ultra like fantasy level you know Stellan Skarsgård is a really good example that he's just so cartoonishly fat yes exactly um that it's just like well we we don't look like that either (laughs) oh I just uh, I mean I, I don't I don't and the other thing is is like there's so many Oh, I think actually, I think Sarah Paulson's in a fat suit in um, one of the new American Crime Stories. Is that right? Oh no, not Sarah. <laughs> She's usually so good. Is that Sarah <laughs> oh my god, I might be completely some someone. Because uh, oh, I'm gonna have to Google it. I will mm. Google it, and I'll, whenever this comes out, I'll tweet my my disclaimer. Of, <laughs> Your like, rage. I think I got that wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> my rage. Yeah. Um, I think it is Sarah Paulson, and they were saying like, there's so many other like bigger actresses that could have fulfilled that role but Ryan Murphy had to have his muse and it's like that's not the right answer you know yeah uh, I think in in some ways yeah positivity and more representation will come when uh people like ourselves and people from all walks of life start making the the media so they can see themselves in that media but until then we are inundated with white heterosexual directors so yeah why a standard heterosexual director so until that changes um it's gonna be hard and also like studios have to start accepting that you know big big parts of the population are bigger bodied people and ultimately start listening to the science which is well being fat does not equal (laughs) unhealthy you know and it's not it's not it's not morality either like good like you, we've mentioned so many times being fat does not mean that you are a bad person or a failure or whatever other words you might have heard in your mm-hmm. life um yeah and we we just we need to be challenging it so hopefully people listening will now be looking out for it more because once you know you can't stop you won't stop seeing it yeah. now like now you now you know exactly 100% and I think I kind of like to tie it up and end on that positive note Mm. at least in with the likes of you know and again it feels so bad it's like it feels like it's like a token one individual and it's like it should be so many more but the fact that we have Lizzo and she's got her own show on Amazon with which is just so positive and has other fat bodies being celebrated so and they're sexy yes so sexy and desirable and it's sending that message that fat bodies can be sexy and desirable and also the fact that recently as well like um i don't know her new partner's name but he is not fat he's kind of like very kind of normal kind of average size body like not super thin but he's not fat either but he has no problem holding her hand in public and I think that's a big part of the problem is fat bodies are desired or lusted for by men but they won't show them in public they won't extend that desire to public affection which is big part of the problem so hopefully with the likes of Lizzo and you know now that she's got her own show it's kind of sends that message that we can have more fat bodies being celebrated on screen 
there will be more fat people being celebrated and it will be a trickle effect to just getting more fat positivity across the board and more just body activism and body neutrality in general so hopefully and horror is the film genre that can push in that right direction because it is the best genre for turning a mirror onto society and showing the way things could be and criticizing what's already there so yes come on horror do us a solid do us a solid do it do it (laughs) perfect okay but before i close off i just want to thank you again for coming on and speaking with me and where can people follow you on social media and your writing yeah so um so twitter i'm at queen beast says and my instagram is at queen beast um and i write for ghouls magazine so my most recent article was um in defense of twilight so it was vampire month in april so Mm -hmm. my contribution was twilight (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I love Twilight. I love it so much. Not a fat body in it. Not. A fat body in it. I was looking. I was like, "Come on, show me one." No, no. <laughs> but I, I love it. Um, and I, so I wrote an article about in defense of that and how, again, as society, we'd like to shit on what young girls and young women like to watch. So I talk about that. Um, and yeah, so just catch me on there. Um, talking about all things really feminism if I'm honest (laughs) um yeah uh, that's it for me brilliant well thank you so much and thanks for listening and keep your ears peeled for my next episodes coming 